podcasting from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life and my head are on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 26. This week, let's talk about what to do when your mind lies to you. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Smut Lancer. This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Want to have a better way to keep track of all your income? Do you need help tracking how much you owe in quarterly taxes? Are you looking forward to the day when you can make enough to actually keep up with your taxes? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed for all that and more. It's an invoicing system, a reporting tool, and a great way to keep up with receipts and payments. I use it to figure out how much I've made for the year, to project how much I will make, to keep track of my expenses for my taxes, and to pay my quarterly taxes. Even if you don't need to do all of that yet, it's great for tracking your income, no matter how big or small. If you use my special link, you can save 50% off the cost for the first year. That's as low, depending on the one you pick, as low as $5 a month to keep up with your income. Uh, the link is bit.ly slash smutlancer, uh, bit.ly slash smutlancer, or just use the link in the show notes. So I'm not sure how useful or helpful this episode's going to be in the sense of telling you exactly what to do uh, in every situation. Um, when, and when I say your when your mind lies to you, I'm thinking imposter syndrome, anxiety, just low-level worry. Some people are worriers, but they aren't necessarily diagnosed with anxiety. But all of those things, when your mind starts telling you you're no good, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You're never going to make it. Those are usually bald-faced lies, and they're usually based on insecurities or fears that we have, maybe fears we haven't even admitted to ourselves yet. Um, and the reason I'm talking about it this week is because it's ha- happened, it happens to me all the time, but it's happened to me specifically this week. And I realized that um, I could tell, I know what, where they came from, which is what my therapist calls progress. Okay. And even though what I did this week to help myself might not be what helps me next time, um, following my instincts and intuition and doing what felt right to me in the moment really was um, the best option. So first of all, I am not a mental health professional. I am not trying to give anybody um expert advice on what to do about your mental health. If your mental health is getting to a point where you are unable to function um, in a healthy way, if you can, and as soon as you are able to, because I know there's a cost associated to it, please, you know, think about seeing a therapist or talking to, if you have a good relationship with your um, primary care doctor, um, talking to them about what your options may be. Sometimes that's a, a therapist, sometimes that's a psychiatrist, sometimes it's medication, sometimes it's not. Um, I'm very fortunate that I do not use medication to um, handle my anxiety. I also have bipolar disorder. I don't, I don't use medication for those things, but medication, it can be very helpful to people. So if you're at a point where your mental health is making it so you can't even function on a, you know, sort of a low level basis of get up, go to work, um, do the things you need to do, 
or if you're doing those things anyway, but you are just in agony every moment of the day, uh, high functioning anxiety is real. High functioning depression is real. Um, I spent years convincing myself that because I wasn't stuck in a bed uh, under the covers hiding from the world that I didn't really have anything wrong with me. <laughs> and yes, I did. And it took a really bad break where I could hardly function, where I became that person who never came, got out of the bed before I would go see somebody about it. Um, but so if it, if you're at a point where you're unable to even function in your day-to-day -day stuff, the best um, advice I can give you is to please seek care as soon as you can afford it. And if you don't think you can afford it, maybe start looking around at other options. I know there are subscription services now for therapy by text, $10 a month, I think is what it is. Um, and, and there are other solutions. So please, please, please get yourself whatever help you may need so that you can function normally because we need you. We need you out here creating your thing and doing your thing. Now, if you're seeing a therapist or you're on medication or you're coming off of medication, I know a few people who are, are going through that, but you are well aware of your mental health or you're well aware, you're very um, in tune with your own mind and you kind of know what's hitting you when, this is more for you because that's me. I'm two years out from my mental break at the, um, in the summer of 2016, I had to stop, not completely writing, but I had to stop a lot of writing. Um, I couldn't afford to stop my client work. We like eating around here and having, you know, a roof over our head. So I couldn't stop doing that. Uh, that is the downside to the freelance life. Um, anybody who works for a really small business probably already knows this too. If you don't work, you don't get paid. There are no sick, day, sick days in the freelance life. If you take a sick day, you're going to have to make that up um, at another time. And so I did have to sort of work through it, but I, at the height of my, well, I call it my mental break, when the height of that, I pulled way back and did what I considered the bare minimum, which was um, all the client work I had to do, and I didn't take on any new projects, and like bare minimum of writing. Um, now I'm on the other side of that, I'm doing better, I understand how my mind works a little bit better, I understand what my triggers are that will, um, not in every case, um, send me into anxiety or anything else, um, but I recognize them, I can recognize the feelings now, and I have words and language for them, so I kinda know what's going on. Um, and that does make a difference. So um, for the purpose of this episode, that's really who I'm probably talking to. Either you've been going to a therapist long enough that you do have the language or you're high functioning enough that you know what this is. You just maybe, um, it feels a little out of control or you're not even, it's not even a mental health problem. Maybe it's just really strong imposter syndrome um, that, sometimes hits by itself and sometimes as it did this week it, it attaches itself to my anxiety uh which is not fun uh, i'm sure anybody can imagine that it's not fun so um imposter syndrome is not the same as anxiety but they do um kind of sometimes they can go hand in hand they for me the feeling is similar <clears throat> and pardon me i am recording very early in the morning for me and i still have my just got out of bed sleepy voice no matter how much coffee i drink and i am drinking coffee for this one so i can be functional while we record but so um imposter syndrome is that feeling of doing something either new or doing something that kind of stretches you a little bit um puts yourself out there in some way 
and you don't feel good enough and you're sort of waiting for somebody to tell you who the hell do you think you are and you wonder if you should do this if you're the right person to do this um shouldn't somebody you know smarter better wiser than you you know more qualified than you do this thing and um it hits a lot of us not everybody talks about it i put a tweet out under the smut lancer account just the other day saying you know this is what triggers my imposter syndrome what triggers yours what what makes you feel that way and i got a variety of responses back which just proves that it's no one thing there's no one type of imposter syndrome there's no one thing we're all thinking it all hits us very deeply for me it's anytime i put myself out there as um a quote expert on something and I don't like to call myself an expert that's not a, a label I apply to myself but the premise being that if you're going to put yourself out there as teaching somebody how to do something or you know walking them through a thing or presenting and that that's where this got triggered um then you must be quote an expert on it and um I submitted a speaker proposal to Eroticon for 2019 and it's not my first time doing that so I don't quite no, and I didn't expect for my imposter syndrome to just flare up, uh, but it did um, because I felt like, who am I to, to say these things? Now, saying that, you would think that this podcast would be very difficult for me. Sometimes it is. It's why I like to sort of couch things in the, this is my experience, this is what I know works, you may find a different way because I don't ever think there's, you know, one true way of doing anything. Um, but it's different when you have to put it in black and white of this is the thing I'm going to talk about and this is the thing I'm going to teach people. And, you know, in the moment, if they approve my um, my session, my proposal, then I can say those things and I'll calm myself down by pointing out that this is just one method and you have to make it work for you and blah, blah, blah. But in order to write a succinct proposal, you have to go, oh, well, I'm going to teach people these things and they're going to walk away with this knowledge. And in my my brain is screaming, you don't know that. So that triggered my imposter syndrome, which made it difficult to function. And I think even though I hadn't really been paying attention, my anxiety had been building prior to this. Um, sometimes my I, I feel my anxiety like I've slammed into a wall and sometimes it just sort of builds and bubbles slowly and I don't always notice it at first. So the catalyst was that feeling of imposter syndrome because it does um, spike my anxiety to think that I've called myself something that I shouldn't or I'm presenting myself as something I'm not supposed to. And I tell you all of that not to get a you know, uh, uh, not to do a woe is me thing, but to let you know that if you are feeling that and you think you are the only one, I sort of want to be the example of, no, no, hell no, you're not. I feel that too about my thing. You're going to feel it about your thing. Somebody else, I promise you, is feeling it about their thing. Many of us are feeling it. And quite frankly, I'm going to be a little skeptical of a person who, um, is reaching towards something and trying to find some modicum of success and tries to convince me that they never doubt themselves and they never wonder and they never have imposter syndrome. Um, I'm either going to wonder if they're lying to me, lying to themselves, or what happened to them in life that they do not feel that way. Because um, the vast majority of people I know do. So for imposter syndrome, when it's just imposter syndrome, I can usually just sort of let that fade or I can work through it and I can remind myself of all the things I've done and the things maybe people have told me that negate that negative thought of, 
Um, I'm not good enough. Who am I? You know, and I, and I do, I still wait for, for people to somebody to tap me on the shoulder and go, who the hell do you think you are? Um, so if you are feeling that you are not alone and normally when it's just that feeling, it is for me a matter of pushing through what I will sometimes do if I get that feeling and the very next thing I have to do is something that's confrontational to that feeling. So I'll use an example that somebody gave on Twitter about how they um, finish one writing thing and they're in between and they're about to start another thing and they have this negative feeling of, oh my gosh, was that, you know, the only thing I'm ever going to do, what's going on? And, And their mind starts doing that to them. When I have something similar, it's not in between writing things anymore. For me, it's sometimes when I start a brand new type of writing project for a client, um, my default is to procrastinate. And that's, sometimes that's okay to procrastinate if I'm if it's a productive procrastination. And what I mean by that is I procrastinate on doing that project until I pretty much have no choice or I'm gonna miss a deadline and I do not miss deadlines. Um, so I will procrastinate by working on other things. I will work on other things that do make me feel confident that even at the height of my anxiety or imposter syndrome, I can say, I know how to do that. I've been doing it this many years and in this way. And, I, and I'm confident about that. I'll go find something I'm confident in. And it does help to have at least one thing that you're confident about. Um, and I'll go work on that. And it'll be more of a productive procrastination. So I'm getting something done. Maybe not the thing I'm, I'm avoiding because it's hitting my, my uh, imposter syndrome. But I will go do that. And... Um, that sometimes, and I have done this, I've done this many times, to be honest, when it's a brand new project and I'm unsure of if I can do it. And, and those feelings don't have any basis. In fact, it's all in my head. It's all imposter syndrome. It's all my lying liar brain trying to convince me of something that's not true. Um, because even if I'm not any good at it, it's writing. It's all writing. That's what the edit button is for. That That's why you write it like shit the first time and then you go back and you fix it right so um i end up waiting to the absolute last minute where i know i have to start now or i won't make the deadline and i i'm of all the things i might fuck up in my life i'm not missing deadlines and so i'll start it and then i'll go wait this wasn't what, what what was my problem why did i think that this is fine i can do this and i think more of us have that feeling than we realize maybe it doesn't happen every single time but you'll get into this thing that you're like i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it and then you start doing it and you go oh i can do it so what i try have tried to do um, more recently is uh, hold on to that feeling and when i feel myself so the next time I feel imposter syndrome over a project and I did have this happen fairly within a couple of weeks of each other. So I started on one, I freaked out, didn't think I could do it. Um, waited to the last minute, realized, Oh God, this is easy. What the hell was, was wrong with me? Two weeks later, I had a similar type of project, but I also had a similar type of feeling about it. And I was able to say to myself, Whoa, 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 just two weeks ago, you went through this, you thought you were shit about it. And then you started, and you, you breezed right through, it was fine. So just start. So that's what I mean when you, every reaction you have to whatever your mind is lying to you about, it's gonna be different because it's gonna be situational. It's gonna be about where you are in the moment. So an imposter syndrome, when it hits on its own, which uh, sometimes does, sometimes doesn't, you know, I might have that one time, especially if it's been a while since it's hit me, I might have one time of just really just 
just not working on it, pushing it back, pushing it back, telling myself I can't, worrying about it, getting myself all worked up, doing other things, telling myself that's what I need to be doing. I'll get, get through it. I'll start it. I'll realize that it was fine. And so the next time my reaction will be to look back and go, wait a moment, I just had this. I remember this feeling and to push through a little quicker. And one of the other things I will sometimes do is I'll just kind of punch through that imposter syndrome. And I don't mean to have like a, a violent um, analogy there, but sort of um, say, okay, I know I'm feeling this way, but this is a thing that if I want to meet this goal or that goal or this goal or that goal, I have to do. And I have to do it even though I feel so uncomfortable. So sometimes I'll try and start uh, whatever it may be or do whatever it may be. Um, I'll come at it from an angle that feels easy for me. I will also um, uh, just maybe sometimes I'll hit it straight on and um barrel through and go you know what almost if anybody's ever seen the movie braveheart uh and he's running through the the field at the end with blue and white paint and the sword and he's screaming freedom yeah that's kind of what i'm imagining um i don't know if that's a even a um a movie we should celebrate anymore it was in the 90s and in the 90s we watched all kinds of things we wouldn't watch now in 2018 but in the 90s I watched it and I thought it was wonderful and yeah so that's the picture in my head freedom and I barrel right through um so now if you would like to take that um that mental image of um a warrior painted up with a sword running in a kilt you go right ahead because it does work for me um so there's all kinds of little tricks now that's imposter syndrome and in my mind and this is just me other people will see it differently um that's almost like one end of the spectrum of anxiety for me because it's a fear it's a worry it's a belief a false belief but it's a fear and worry and false belief about who i am and how other people see me then there's the other end of the spectrum of full-blown anxiety which is not that specific it's not that small either and i'm not saying imposter syndrome is small but in what i mean is it's about a specific moment a specific thing my anxiety can be full-blown about anything and i know anybody out there who has any level of anxiety probably knows exactly what i mean where you're just afraid and you don't even know why you're afraid you can't even pinpoint you just know that your body is reacting your blood pressure is up you're shaking you're sweating you're crying you're however you react sometimes you cannot pinpoint it and go back now the the benefit of therapy it's one of the many reasons I'm a huge proponent for therapy is that I have learned how to do that. And sometimes I can figure it out and sometimes I can't. In this case, this week, my imposter syndrome over putting in that speaker proposal, even though it, if I'm even accepted and I get to speak, I will I'll have some nervousness about speaking because I do, but I'll have a blast and I'll think it's great. And, you know, I'll do my my best and all of those things. And, and that's the other thing. Having impo- imposter syndrome or having anxiety or having any other mental illness that fucks with your head and lies to you and makes you think things that aren't true doesn't mean you're not capable of doing the thing. And I don't know that I'm even saying that more to you guys out there who who have these mental illnesses, who have to deal with them, because I think you, some of you know that. It's really the people who might be listening who do not have these mental illnesses, but have to deal with the rest of us. We are still capable of doing these things. We might just have to jump through extra mental hoops 
to get there. We might have to psych ourselves up a little bit. We might have to go through extra steps to calm down before it, but we can do it. I mean, I, the, there were a couple of people at Eroticon 2018 that said, I had no idea you had anxiety. I had no idea you had imposter syndrome. You stood up there and you were great. And I was like, yeah, I could do this, but getting ready for it, I was a freaking mess. So I just want to like put that out there as the disclaimer, just because I'm a mess about something, just because you might be a mess about something doesn't mean we're not capable of doing it. So imposter syndrome triggered by speaker proposal, low level anxiety had probably sort of been there. I'd had a business call that I'd kind of been dreading that ended up being wonderful, um, very sort of affirming. And I think there's a couple new business partnerships coming out of it um, in the long run. And I basically am going to get some consulting help at no charge because I do all this other business for this person. And it's, it's potentially really cool, but it also triggered that fear I have. I have said before, and not everybody identifies with this, but I've said before that I am often fearful of success, whatever success I define success as, because it's a bit like put your money where your mouth is. It's a bit like, oh gosh, you're successful. Now you better be able to follow that up and um, keep that going. And now more people are going to be paying attention to you. And now that's even more people who can tell you how crap you are. And so it, it triggered it, that triggers my anxiety. So he was really gung ho about here are the things we can do. And I, here's how I can help you. And I'm excited about that because it helps me. I could see how it could help me get to my ultimate goals. But in the middle of of that moment of, of having that explained to me and knowing that the end goal is reaching my, my personal business goals. There's this vast space in between where my anxiety and, and imposter syndrome are living together. I'd say in sin, but man, we're sex writers. I mean, that doesn't, that, that doesn't mean anything. So, <laughs> um, but it's an incestuous relationship between my imposter syndrome and my anxiety. I will say that it is awful. These two guys need to like, I don't know, duke it out or something. I, I need one of them to win. I cannot have both of them at the same time. And that is what happened. So here's my next sort of point about this. So they both hit and they hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and it was unbearable for me. It feels like I need, I need, it's a tension that rises within me on Twitter. I said it was like a storm. Um, and I need that storm to break. I need that tension to break and nothing. I couldn't think of anything that could break that tension. I mean, I, I'm kinky y'all spankings actually do like that's my jam. I love to get my ass spanked. And sometimes I use them in a therapeutic kind of way to break tension. But I'm not in a position where I could do that. I've got kids home for the summer and I needed like a loud, make me scream kind of thing. And that wasn't going to happen. So I'm feeling very lost. I'm looking at my to-do list. And every time I start pushing forward, like I'm going to go work on this thing. It was like hitting a wall. It was sitting at the keyboard was physically painful. It was mentally painful. I couldn't focus. I couldn't concentrate. It's an awful feeling. And if you are like me and you're a highly productive person or you're like constantly in your head thinking and planning, it's hard to realize that you are, you feel like you are incapable of doing that for even a small amount of time. So here's the point. Sorry, I rambled because I do. Y'all know me. Um, what I did to help myself, there is, I cannot give you a solution of what to do every single time because 
I don't have a solution for what to do for myself every single time. Every single time it's slightly different because whatever triggered it is different. Sometimes my anxiety is triggered by business. Most of the time my anxiety is triggered by my professional life and probably a smarter person than, than me would go, why the hell do you do this if it triggers your anxiety? Why don't you stop doing this? And it's because the things I want and when I work through that anxiety, when I overcome it to a certain degree, I can move forward and get things done and, and achieve goals that I have. But so there is no uh, one size fits all solution. But here's what I can tell you that I have started doing, even though my conscious brain tells me I'm an idiot every time. And that is whatever my intuition, my instinct, my gut, however you frame it, is telling me I need to do. That's what I did this week. So I'm sitting at the keyboard. I'm looking at my list for the day, which wasn't a heavy list. I've been pretty kind to myself lately in terms of how I've loaded my, my work days. And I'm like, you know, God, this is this represents maybe two hours worth of work. I could easily get this done and I could be done early. My body is screaming at me. My brain is screaming at me. I'm breaking out into a sweat. I, I, my, when my, for me personally, when my anxiety hits, it's like a um, hand around my throat. I can't, I don't feel like I can breathe. Other people feel it in different places. Um, and, and I'm thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't. Now that's not a great positive way to frame it, but that's what my brain is screaming at me. And so I said, my intuition is telling me you need to do something else. You need to get away from this. You need to take a break, go lay down, take a nap, take the day off. This is not a heavy to-do list. You can mush it in with the rest of your week you can still get it done all is not lost if you take the day off just do it just be kind to yourself and i think that that those thoughts are able to penetrate because i hear them enough from different sources i say them to other people and i am starting to come around to the idea that if i will say it to other people why the hell can't i say it to myself um so when you feel that to whatever degree you feel it whether it's a little bit or it's a lot. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to follow your intuition. Now, I do think you have to be, um, you have to take a good hard look at yourself. If every little small worry is making you, well, so can't work today, I need to go take a nap, and you're getting absolutely nothing done, that's something to look at further. But if you, under most circumstances, in most days, are chugging along, doing your thing, doing your thing, and when when your brain is kind of clear and your emotions are kind of clear and you're feeling mostly good, you keep working hard and working towards whatever it is you're building. When you have that day or God help us that week where or longer where your your emotions are and your mental health is just pounding you. Sometimes your body really does know what it needs. And for me, it needs to get away from the thing that's scaring the shit out of me. I need to get away from the thing that is the source of my anxiety, not forever, just long enough for my heart rate to come down, for my breathing to regulate, for me to get clarity and to see it differently because our minds will and do and can lie to us all the time just because we're thinking a thought does not mean that that thought is true whether that's about somebody else or it's about us okay so um i i think that there's a lot that goes into this from like i said from imposter syndrome all the way to full-blown mental health issues i'm speaking primarily about anxiety um because my experience with depression 
it, it, I'm very fortunate that when it hits, it's relatively mild, it's relatively short-lived. I'm very grateful for that. I know there are people who um, don't have that luxury at all. They would kill to have my 24 hours of cannot function kind of thing instead of the, you know, two weeks or, or whatever it is. And when I say cannot function, I mean, I do the absolute bare minimum, um, but I still do get out of bed and there are certain things I can still do. Um, and I don't have good answers for depression because sometimes when depression hits me, no matter how high functioning I am, the only thing I can do is lay there like like a sack in the bed and pull the covers over my head. And um, I think maybe some of that is still true, though. What your body knows it needs is what it knows it needs. Um, but I will leave that to mental health professionals. I am primarily talking about anxiety and certainly imposter syndrome. I think imposter syndrome will hit more of us than maybe um, uh, full-blown anxiety will. Um, but as long as you're high functioning, meaning that you can ha have rational thoughts through these things and you can get up and move around, then you have you have more options maybe than you realize. And some of it's a habit change and it is a way of thinking about it in a different way. Um, and it's about knowing that you're not alone that you are not the only one who's going through this. Others out there, I count myself among us, um, go through it. And we all find different ways. And as long as those ways are mostly healthy, <laughs> and I say mostly healthy, like um, I'm still feeling a little off today. I'm going to work. I need to work. I'm trying to take a long weekend. So I have to work. I don't have the weekend to make up any time. Um, so I'm not worried so much about my calories. So I've, I'm on a, I'm not on a diet. I'm on a lifestyle change, but I do watch my calories and there's some calorie restriction. And today it just doesn't seem that important. What seems more important is that if I need an extra coffee with cream to get through my day, well, then I'm going to have one because Sometimes taking care of yourself isn't about eating the perfect thing or, you know, doing, you know, going out. I didn't work out this morning. Um, that was for a different reason. I, but I did not do that this morning because that's what the right thing was for me. Sometimes it's about being kind to yourself and forgiving yourself and realizing that technically you don't even have to forgive yourself. I tell you to forgive yourself because some of you out there are like, I suck, I'm awful. And I know it's, it, to me, it seems easier to say forgive yourself for the things that you think you're failing at than to just say you shouldn't feel like a failure. Well, I shouldn't feel like all kinds of things, but I do. That's a work in progress, okay? No, I'm telling you, you are not a failure because your brain, you know, goes wonky on you every once in a while. Um, but those feelings of failure until you start working through what's going on in your head or as you work through what's going on in your head, um, yes, forgive yourself for those feelings of failure. Tell yourself that you're not really a failure and and that you, know, you are good at these things and in the places you see in your life where you fucked up or you could have done it better, you can't fix those things, but you can say, you know what, I can do better next time because now I know I've been through this experience. So there are no hard and easy answers. If you walk away with nothing from this episode, uh, one, you're not alone. Two, uh, listen to, if, if under normal circumstances you're perfectly fine and you're doing everything you need to be doing and you would not, um, you know that you're doing the things that you're doing, um, allow yourself to stop to breathe, to whatever your body is screaming at you to do, whether that's, you know, lay down on the couch and binge watch a few shows for a night or go to bed early or take a nap or, you know, get up from your computer or whatever it is, you know, 
allow yourself that a little bit. Um, when it gets really bad, if you feel like you're not functioning or you realize this is days and days and days and you're not getting back to what you need to be doing, um, as soon as you can afford to, please seek help. Um, no podcast can help you. No person who goes through it can can help your specific situation. But the right, uh, which is not always the first person you meet, but the right medical professional, whether therapist or doctor or whatever, can. Um, and and I fully support that. I support um, working with, at the very minimum, a therapist, just as almost like a, the same way I would I go for my annual physical every year. You know, it's it's good to touch base and kind of go, here are the thoughts and what do you think and what do I need to, you know, and to talk through things. So, um, and then ultimately what I would like you to know whether it's whether it is imposter syndrome or it's full-blown anxiety or it's a combination and i'll tell you the combination of the two is a bitch um (laughs) is awful um but you can still achieve your goals even with these things going on you can still make it maybe it's a slower journey maybe it's a more circuitous path than you thought it would be maybe it's filled with lots of stops and starts um, I think that's true of anybody, regardless of, of where their mental health is. Um, no path to success, however you're defining success, is linear. It's a big scribble, quite frankly. It's forward and back and around and stop and start, and it's all of that. Um, but when our brain is lying to us about who we are and what we are, and it's telling us mean things about ourselves, and it's making us believe mean things about ourselves, that is one of the things that we think is that we we are failures and what are we doing and it's pointless and we can't do this and yes you can the path might be slower it might be filled with more ups and downs than maybe somebody else um, or different ups and downs quite frankly i think we all go through them um but you can get there and it's i think about learning to be compassionate with yourself to uh, tell yourself that it's okay to slow down when you need to it's okay to focus on something else Um, until you're able to focus on these other things. Sometimes the right answer is to reassess what you're trying to do. You know, maybe, maybe the thing you're trying to fit yourself into isn't quite right. And what you really need to do is bust out of that mold you're trying to shove yourself into round peg, uh, square peg, round hole, right? Um, And um, make it your own and do what feels right to you. So there's, there's all kinds of things that go into it. Overall, I just want I'm reminding myself I'm not alone. I'm reminding, letting you know you're not alone um, and that we can get through this together um, and that you can achieve whatever your smut lancing goals might be, um, no matter what your brain is telling you. So that's it. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard and I didn't depress you too much, uh, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at thesmutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening and let's do this again next week.